Welcome to the Holistic Work Podcast. I'm Flip Brown, your host and founder of Business Culture Consultants. The mission of this podcast is to bring together individuals who want work to work well, who strive for a balanced and resilient lifestyle, and who have a commitment to social, economic, climate, and racial justice. Feel free to check out the whole series, along with other resources, at businesscultureconsultants.com. Thanks for finding your way here. Today, we'll be talking about robust resiliency, a key component of well-being. So what is resiliency? Well, one definition from the dictionary says an ability to recover from or adjust easily to adversity or change. However, the definition that I'm really fond of that comes from the literature of positive psychology is the courage to grow from stress. And looking back in my life, there were many times when the stress seemed to be almost overbearing. And while I couldn't see it at the time, there was actually a major growth spurt that occurred from going through those situations. We think of the term of distress, the pain or suffering affecting the body, a body part, or the mind, a sense of danger or desperate need. When we experience too much distress, it obviously impacts us. We can experience mental fog, low energy levels. We can fall into a pattern of poor self-care. The people who care around us notice, and we're at risk of anxiety and or depression. However, while we're familiar with this term distress, there's actually the polar opposite, a word that we almost never use, and that is eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And that prefix E-U is like euphoric. It means positive or good. So eustress is a positive form of stress having a beneficial effect on health, motivation, performance, and emotional well-being. If we don't have enough eustress, well, I call it boredom. For almost all of us, we want to be challenged. We want to have new opportunities. We want to learn and grow and accomplish things and gain new skills. So this is an interesting dance between eustress and distress. There can also be too much eustress. I remember one time talking to a young couple. They came to see me because they were stressed out. When I asked them what was going on, they had both changed jobs, gotten married, had their first child, and bought a new house and moved to a new city. Well, it was just a lot of good stuff all stacked up at once. One way that we can look at how we move through the world with greater resiliency is to examine the concept of optimism. This is a doctrine or belief that this world is the best possible world. In other words, we look to our involvement and engagement with a sense of positive energy. It's also an inclination to put the most favorable construction or viewpoint upon actions and events. And I have to be honest, the few times that I've worked with 
people who were clearly, obviously pessimistic as a way of viewing the world, it's challenging. And my heart goes out to people who are either wired that way or stuck in that place. I think there's a difference also between optimism and hope. When I looked up the definition of hope, a few things came up. To cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or to be true. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're realistic in that. We've all had hopes that just were either unrealistic or didn't come true, and we had to deal with the situation of disappointment. The confidence that goals can be reached is another way to describe hope. And there are many effective pathways that can be devised in order to get to a desired future. One of the techniques that I think can be very helpful in terms of this concept of resiliency is that of healthy detachment. And when I say this, people are like, well, what do you mean? You don't care? You're not involved? No, you're fully and compassionately engaged. But since we can't do more than the best that we can do, we shift to the mindfulness technique of being in observer mode, where we're not just swept along by our emotions, by our judgments, and by negative energy. We're also mindful of not over-functioning. And a lot of people that I work with believe that somehow they should be able to do more than they can do. And that sets them up for the critical internal dialogue, which can really consume a lot of our positive energy. In today's realm of technology and our engagement with it, there's an opportunity to increase our resiliency by having awareness about our use and application of technology. Is it a tool or is it a toy? I know I struggle with that one. We also have at times fallen into the misguided belief that email and text are valid, useful forms of communication regardless of the situation. And intellectually, we know that email and text do not convey tone. So if someone left a voicemail message for me and said, hey, Flip, I need to talk to you. Well, that's open and friendly, and I would be curious about that. They could also leave a voicemail message for me and say, hey, Flip, I need to talk to you. Same exact words, much different tone, and much different message. There is a natural rhythm to the world that existed long before we came up with computers, smartphones, etc. And by reconnecting to that, by getting outside, we can take a break from our glued-to-the-screen obsession with uh, FOMO, as it's called, fear of missing out. And I'm always surprised when I'm working with a group of people, and I ask them, raise your hand if you've gone 48 hours without your cell phone or without incoming email or reading the news online in the last six months. Very few hands go up. And when I say, have you done a digital detox for five days in the last year? Even fewer hands 
go up. When we unplug, we actually recharge our batteries because it puts us back in touch with the natural rhythms of our bodies and uh, the people that we're connected with and the world around us. It's also a great resiliency tool to make sure that we get regular exercise. Now, I know you've heard this a million times, but try and experiment sometime when you have a choice that requires a point of awareness. You can stay at your desk or workstation and answer some emails or type some words into a document or numbers into a spreadsheet. Or you could give yourself 20 minutes to get up, go outside, doesn't matter the temperature as long as you're prepared for it, and then see when you come back to that work, that same work, whether when you check in, you feel like, oh, that was a waste of time, or wow, that was a good thing to do. I'm very glad that I did that. But we have to consciously remind ourselves or set timers or break that pattern of just sitting down or standing up and working, working, working. When I grew up in my father's grocery store, we would take a 10-minute, 10 or 15-minute, I don't remember, coffee break in the morning. We would have an hour for lunch, and we would take another break in the afternoon. There was a little room you could go in, sit down. In my case, I would read comic books and drink pop, as we called it in the Midwest. But that was built into the workday. And it seems like we've lost that awareness that taking breaks actually helps us to be more productive. So if you're wondering where your resiliency is at or how you're doing, there's a little acronym here that I've used to check in with yourself or someone you care about. And the acronym is PEERS, P-I-E-R-S. So how are you doing physically? Do that body scan. Are you tight? Are you sore? Do you need to stretch or get some exercise? Intellectually, how are your thought patterns? Are you awfulizing and catastrophizing, as one comedian said? Are you able to catch negative thoughts before they sort of take hold of the driver's seat? Emotionally, where are you at in terms of that sense of being centered, of basic goodness and well-being? Are you dealing with frustration, disappointment, sadness? Sometimes, unless we stop and check, it's just kind of running in the background. Relationally, how are things with the people that you're connected with, both at work and at home and in your extended world? Are there investments that you need to make in terms of putting positive energy into those relationships? And spiritually, have you been able to connect with something larger than yourself? What are your fundamental core beliefs about the meaning of life, and your place in the universe, what your soul and spirit might be asking for. Another component of resiliency is humor and fun. 
There's a book called The Art of Possibility by Roz and Ben Zander, and they talk about rule number six. I saw them give this workshop. People are asking, well, what's rule number six? They said, don't take yourself so damn seriously. Someone else asked, what are the other rules? And they smiled and said, well, there really aren't any. So we do tend to get intense. We tend to kind of bear down and believe that either internally or externally, we're depleted. There's no, there's no way forward that is illuminated. And one of the antidotes to that is humor and fun. I get a comic strip delivered to me every morning that more often than not makes me smile. I also believe that fun can occur in many different formats. To me, playing music is fun. Sometimes, yes, I practice or I work at it, but boy, if it's not fun, why do it? That actually was a bumper sticker that Ben and Jerry's put out years ago. Smiles and laughter generate their own endorphins. It's a free antidepressant. And of course, when we're in that place of being lighthearted, it can often be contagious to the people around us. The serious stuff will still be there when we re-engage. Resiliency, this ability to ride with the tide and go with the flow, the ability to see that regardless of the situation, it can be a learning opportunity. And I think most importantly, the ability to not forget on a deep, profound, fundamental level, we are always already okay. Our basic human goodness cannot be taken away from us by external events. So I hope you find the ability to practice some resiliency tools so that you can move through work and life in a better way. This concludes another episode of the Holistic Work podcast series. If you're interested in this and other archived podcasts, they are available wherever you get your podcasts or at businesscultureconsultants.com. You're also welcome to email me at flip.brown at icloud.com. This has been a production of Business Culture Consultants at Star Farm Studios in Burlington, Vermont. And thanks for tuning in. I'm Flip Brown, and may your awesome potential continue to unfold at work, in your life, and through your positive contributions to the world. Until the next time we cast another pod, be safe and strong.